everyone, welcome to the Future of Leisure and Events podcast, a podcast hosted by the students of Leisure and Event Management program at the Academy for Leisure at Breda University of Applied Sciences. Your host today will be me, Pauline and Johanna, both students at Breda University. We will try to bring you closer to interesting topics that shape the framework of leisure and events. first episode, we will be talking about placemaking together with Milena Jukovic, one of the leading figures of the placemaking sphere in Europe. We will discuss everything there is to know about placemaking, get some insights into her most interesting and special projects, and hopefully also some interesting tips on how to reach your career goals. Thank you for inviting me to yes. your podcast. Of course. So for the first part, we would just like to talk a little bit about you. Okay. Um, so maybe just to get you to know you a little bit, what you're doing and also what placemaking is for you. So maybe mm-hmm. the first question would be, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what your work consists of and also just a general outline of what placemaking is? All right. Uh, well, first, let's start with, with my personal background. Uh, I was born in, in Belgrade, in Serbia. That was former Yugoslavia at that time. That's the, the city uh, where I finished School of Architecture and Urban Planning at the University of Belgrade. And after finishing, after graduating in that school, I moved to, to the Netherlands and I started working uh, first at, uh, at the municipal services as a planner, young urban planner in the city of Rotterdam. And then I moved to the private practice of, of uh, urban design and planning. So I've been working for several Dutch design offices for, uh, le- I think, about uh, 10 years. And in, during those times, I was really always uh, part of this interdisciplinary teams, working on different scales, different master planning uh, jobs. And almost 90% of them were international. So I was really working always, almost always outside of, uh, outside of the Netherlands, mostly in China and Africa. Uh, after that, I have uh, uh, started to move more into my own direction, let's say, wanting to have my, my own studio in my own practice. And that's how I started with uh, Block 74. Which, was, um, which is still a practice for uh, urban communication and urban simulation. And what we do there is we actually use a little bit of technology and a little bit of urban design and a lot of civic participation to facilitate the processes of co-design and civic engagement in urban planning. But we also do uh, a lot of, let's say, service work for research and universities who like to uh, have a new look on how to present their work, how to communicate their work, how to get closer to the end users or stakeholders in, in city making process. And somehow part of this, this journey of working uh, on another level of design, more on, more on a co-design level, that's how I landed also in placemaking. Um, Placemaking is generally a discipline that deals with urban renewal of public spaces. So public space is at the core of placemaking, as you say. And uh, I think that it covers a lot of different, a uh, lot of different topics. But the the biggest value, or let's say the biggest power, or the biggest field of action of placemaking is actually integrating different dis- disciplines, such as urban design, such as arts and culture, 
such as economy, such as civic participation, everything to get public spaces uh, done in a better way. I have been working as a public space designer uh, previously, as I said, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, during my work in the uh, uh, private offices, let's say, design offices. And I have always been attracted to public space because I think that's the most urban element of all when we talk about uh, cities. So that's somehow, that's how I enrolled into, into placemaking. And because it's a, such an open field, uh, I have started to work uh, with Placemaking Europe, but also starting with Placemaking Balkans as a spin-off of Placemaking Europe, uh, as especially for the Balkan and the Southeast Europe region. Yeah, so you say you, you have always been like interested in this kind of thing. Um, was there any place or a person that inspired you in particular? Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, if you if you ask uh, if you ask any placemaker or let's say a, a urban professional uh, working in the field of public space renewal and design, there is always some kind of figure, you know, a big design figure that it's inspiring. And in the field of placemaking is Jane Jacobs, of course, the uh, big inspiring figure and her uh, work of uh, life and death of uh, American cities when she kind of correlated uh, the, uh, the importance of public space for good urban life, but also for social processes in a, in a city. So yes, that's definitely, it's been a, a very inspiring uh, a, a, a figure. But at some point is, uh, I kind of put a little bit aside of, you know, uh, reading the theories and moved more into my own perceptions about how public space has been used, you know. And I have to say that sometimes, you know, just traveling and working in other cities in other environments can help you more understand public space than learning from uh, or reading important books, you know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a little bit of a, a little bit of advice, like try to combine both. Okay, that's yeah. really good to know. <laughs> um, and I did a little research and I saw an interview with you or, um, in an article and you said you're a storyteller by heart. Yes. So do you mean with that that you like to give places by giving them a makeover, you give them a story, like that the place can tell something? Yes, sure, definitely. I think that uh, each place, uh, uh, nevertheless, in what state it is, if it's like completely degraded or if it's very nicely... Uh, upgraded and designed, each space, each place has a story. It just has to come up and to be more visible, to be more palpable, to be more understandable. And what I really like about placemaking and what I like as a challenge within placemaking is taking places out of anonymity, right? Taking place, places out of its generic, dull, non-descriptive, uh, existence and giving them some kind of new dimension or new, perspe new perspective. And if you can make a story out of it, and I really believe that every place can have a story, even, it's a, even if it's a very uh, ugly one, uh, I, I like to work on that. I like to kind of you know, shape it in a, in, a, in a way to give it a meaning. Um, how do you find all the spots for placemaking and how do you always have people to come up with ideas and help with the process? 
Well, it's, you know, it's, usually it's like the places find me rather than I find, find okay. places. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's, it's easy, the, um, the, more, the more complex, the more difficult place, the more complicated history it has, the more appealing to me it is, in a way, you know. And uh, especially, I think, Southeast Europe and the Balkans are a uh, very fertile ground for this, to find these places which are a bit off or odd, which can be upgraded, which can contribute more to civic life, let's say, to contribute more to uh, quality of, of, of life in the cities. So uh, I particularly like to work uh, to do this kind of places makeover, you know, from completely degraded spaces to something that it's awesome and everybody likes it. I think that's the, that, that's, that's the biggest creative challenge I like to work with. And sometimes the tools that can be used in that are uh, uh, very simple, very creative, a lot of public art uh, and creative solutions for those kind of spaces. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, we have another theme we would like to talk just a little okay. about your career and oh, just wow. the development. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you already mentioned that you are working in the placemaking Western Balkan and you yep. not only work there, but you're founder and CEO, yep. which is really impressive. Yep. Um, so we'd just like to, uh, to know how and where did you start and how did you make it that far up? What did you do? Yeah, of course. Well, that's something that you don't uh, uh, that you don't start on your own. It's not that, at least in my case, it was not. It didn't came to me like you know you get you wake up one morning and say like, well, today is the good day to start the placemaking Balkans. You know, yeah, it didn't happen like that. It was a kind of process, a lot of steps leading to it, a kind of maturing process, ripening process, uh, which led to it. And uh, before starting Placemaking Balkans, I was active within Placemaking Europe and as one of the, of the leaders, so part of Placemaking Weeks, part of many other events that uh, this organization is, uh, was making. And I thought like, hey, this is, this is really uh, a, a nice uh, a collection of people, it's a nice collection of placemaking tools, and let's start that in, in this particular Balkan region. Uh, because I think it's a, it's, it's a good place to start with. There is so much need for public space transformation. But again, uh, I didn't start it myself. Uh, I already knew a lot of people in that region who were busy with upgrading public space, working with civic spaces, working with civic activism, working with arts, and somehow uh, I, my idea was like to connect these people into one network because there is a lot of, of these loose, loose actions happening. So that was a kind of amb ambition of placemaking network, placemaking Balkans network. So I started with two other people, two other women, let's say, uh, both colleagues of mine uh, uh, whom I, I know many years and uh, we sat, we talked and said like, yeah, this is a good idea, let's, let's, let's start it. Um, and next to it, uh, working with some other projects, I was also very much aware that there is a lot of interest for the region, you know, to kind of do a sustainable urban renewal in the region. So I thought like, well, that's a good idea to start it at this moment because there's a lot of attention to it. That's impressive. That's yeah, really good. Really. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, as you may have a lot of responsibilities and 
a busy schedule, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How can you describe um, a typical day in your life? Oh. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I'm not a morning person. To <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> to start with this, so uh, anything that is really intellectually demanding before nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning, I'm really difficult with it. So please don't don't go, <laughs> don't ask me for any early lectures of, of early meetings in the in the morning. Um, usually, it's it, as you say. Yes, coffee. Uh, uh, checking up the emails which is a lot of, of, a lot of emails going on. And then basically uh, plugging, plugging in from, let's say, uh, 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 early, uh, early afternoon up to the late afternoon, being constantly online, uh, because both Placemaking Balkans and my own Block 74, we are kind of disruptive offices. We are not very physical. So people who work uh, with me, they are or either in Belgrade or here in the Netherlands in some other, uh, you know, other organization or they're freelancing. So they're, it's a kind of loose, loose office. So that's why you need to be online from the early day on to coordinate what everyone is doing. And, you know, so uh, I have to say in the, in, the, uh, in the past two years with pandemic, it's been really great for us. Mm -hmm because we worked online already before COVID. So we didn't feel any, you know, any uh, pressure to, oh my God, now we have to work in a different way. No, we just continued to <laughs> work like we already worked. There is a physical office, of course, which I uh, uh, visit from time to time. <laughs> in, in, in Rotterdam, it's really nice. It's downtown in Weinhaven Island, uh, beautiful. And, uh, but it's really, it's a place where I just go to be totally, uh, totally uh, uh, alone and focused on, on projects, on writing project proposals, or, you know, uh, trying to um, deal also with administration and stuff. Uh, but nowadays, I think I'm most of the time just simply on Skype. That's how I work. I don't like Zoom anymore. <laughs> because I think everyone just got a little bit overloaded with Zooms in the couple of, couple of last years. So uh, I like Skype. I like that red button. You know, you just click, ping, you just press the button and there is, uh, there is Stefan, the web developer, or there is uh, uh, Liliana, the graphic designer, or this. And I just puff, call them and, hey, where, how, how are the things? Did you finish this? We have that. And, you know, then I, we can also review it online and it's, it's just like that. Skype is the king now. So yeah. <laughs> back to <laughs> basics. Yes. <laughs> okay, we have one last question about your career. Okay. Did you have any big obstacles you had to overcome or were there any special important milestones in your career? I mean, uh, uh, a career in, in creative industries like architecture and, and urban planning, design, uh, placemaking, and now with, with web development that we are doing. Um, it's full of obstacles. It's <laughs> I, ha I haven't uh, in, in the last 15 years I haven't encountered any nice open uh, road to just roll on. It's always rocky, you know. It's always <laughs> it's always always some some obstacle. 
Um, but I think the, uh, what has been a big learning curve for me, but also people working for me, is just don't giving it up and just keep on doing it. Keep on uh, submitting new project proposal, talking to new clients, talking to this, talking to that, going to conferences or whatever. You can just make yourself visible or make your work visible. And that's, that's something that just keeps on going on uh, day by day, every day. So it's never give up. It, it's never give up. It's never stop. It's, uh, uh, this, this particular field is, you know, it's a kind of top sport field. So you need to have a good condition, mental and physical condition to do it. And every time when I speak with people who are not in uh, creative industries or not in architecture or not in web development or not in technology or whatever uh, they say yeah it's in your field of work there is always so much rejection <laughs> you know you submit a, you submit the offer it's been rejected you submit maybe some design has been rejected or you submit some project proposal it's been rejected how do you deal with it <laughs> like <laughs> i i couldn't work like that like to be a uh, to, 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 uh, to how do you live like that? But it's it's a question of you know it's a question of uh, accepting it, not taking it personal, and just moving on. And uh, okay, okay, so this one was not good, but we have learned it. We'll do it differently next next time, and then you do it differently next time. That's how you move on. Thanks for <laughs> all this advice. <laughs> Um, then we're gonna like it's the the last part of the podcast so it's more about the projects mm -hmm. um, so we're gonna talk a bit more about your work your project and um, for all of us clueless listeners uh, can you briefly explain the typical procedure of starting a project what do you need to prepare how do you find the ideas and the people um it's it, it's 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 uh, after after certain time of uh, working all kinds of projects and different topics, you kind of narrow it down to uh, a certain areas that you really like to work with. And in case of both placemaking Balkans and Block seventy four, we work very much. We like to work very much on a scale which is a neighborhood scale, right? So that's a piece of the city that we really. Uh, like to work on. We have worked on a, on a, on a larger scales, and we saw like, okay, oh, it's a lot of struggle, and we're not really happy with it. We have tried to work on on a sm even smaller scales. It's too small. So, the neighborhood scale is something that we really like to work, and that's how we immediately um, focus on that or or look into that direction. Whether it's a client, whether it's a it's a project, whether it's a you know try to go into that scale so that's that's maybe the answer uh, uh, to your question on uh, how do we yeah. do we, with projects it's it's always on a neighborhood scale okay okay yeah. that's really nice um i read that the project you're the most proud of uh, was a replacement of a gas station and yeah. by a local nonprofit cultural foundation what made it so special for you or so important and also what was the final result of the well that 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 project was special because besides being a placemaking in action, let's say, besides 
being a kind of test bed for using games to animate people and to drive the civic participation. It's actually the project that's, that's been really realized. So it's been made in a space. So at that point, it's not anymore any speculative research or any, you know, what could have happened. But that project was really realized in space. So that's why it's been uh, so important. That's why we are so happy about it. So it still stands and it's in, in, it's in, the, it's in the centrum of Belgrade. And sometimes I'm really surprised to see how good it, it's, it's been used. It's really, it's <laughs> really nice. You walk past and you see it's still there. And yes, it's still there. Yeah. That's yes, uh, the surroundings are changing a little bit, but it's, it's okay. We don't, we don't, we don't mind. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> um, the street art place making mm -hmm. and international architecture week Belgrade also took place quite recently. Uh, what makes this event interesting? And can you tell us a little more about the project and your part? Uh, that one is that that one was the, actually the first project of placemaking Balkans, which has been realized in space again. That's why are we so happy about it? And it's been collaboration with local artists, uh, which we immediately kind of sucked in into our network and are trying to you know find more work together with with them. Um, that one was. Um, a kind of combination of public art and, and placemaking and showing the what is the power of art in in public space, how can it really change. Uh, it's on an interesting location in the city. It's a former industrial area which has been completely deserted. So uh, for the last couple of years, this area is actually a kind of living lab for all kinds of mural arts, so like uh, big, huge murals. Uh, and some of them are super professionally made from, you know, like leading uh, mural artists. Some of them are smaller. And we are, uh, with, with our uh, little placemaking projects, with our horizontal mural, actually, we uh, kind of blended into this bigger, larger uh, mural scene. And that's why we, that's why uh, we are so happy about it, because it's been realized not as a vertical mural, but as a horizontal mural. It's, it's, it's really like place mural, you know, like <laughs> marking, uh, marking the territory, you know, making the place. And of course, it's been, uh, again, a part of, 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 of let's say, uh, um, a ground floor on the, in, 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 the, in the former industrial area on the riverside, which has been neglected, dirty, you know, whatever. And we had a we had a great group of people who volunteered to prepare it for us and to prepare it for the artists to they immediately said oh this is going to be beautiful and we want to be part of it so that's another value of, uh, of the whole uh, placemaking process if you can bring yeah. it to the to the people like that yes and also inspire other people then, then. and inspire other people and uh you know the the only thing uh, i see maybe as a problem or a roadblock or whatever is of course the issue of maintenance but it's uh, uh, that's that's always been the problem there. <laughs> um and then we had the placemaking week that took place in september in spain yes um i heard you had a special session there about the challenges in southeast europe mm -hmm. um can you maybe just tell us a little what did you raise awareness for in the session and also what were the issues? 
I think that was a great session because uh, it was a session about a region which is not that known or not that, uh, how to say, not that popular maybe within Europe, but it's quite exotic in that way. And I was surprised to see uh, the group of people that came to the session, which somehow they were all connected to the, to the region, whether by, by, by birth or whether by work. And this second connection, like by work, was really surprising. That I didn't expect so many people in Spain working in the Balkans in Southeast Europe. You know, I thought like, oh my God, no one is going, th they're going to come to the session just to listen about the region. But there were a lot of practitioners there. So it was uh, good to, to hear their, their experiences of the work in the region and the importance of public space transformation in the region, but also the importance of this transformation for the process of democratization as to, you know, trying to give space for people to exercise their rights for the, in, in the public space. And I think that was the core of, uh, that was the core of this discussion in that session the democratization in public space in the region. Okay, that sounds really successful then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it was surprisingly good. Um, so we have a last question. Mm -hmm. um, if it could be anywhere in the world, maybe a famous place or not, mm -hmm. uh, which place would you like to give a, a makeover? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a, that's a very... Um, uh, that's a very complicated, uh, complicated question. Um, I mean, uh, somehow I have the, 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 you know, the feeling that in most of the cities in the Netherlands and in West Europe, it's uh, 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 there are obviously a lot of places that need changes, but I still think that in Southeast Europe. In East Europe and generally in the Balkans, there is uh, so many uh, abandoned infrastructure, so many abandoned, empty uh, uh, industrial lots of empty of empty places in a city without any status. And I think those those are the places I would like to change the most. Okay. Let's say uh, let's say infrastructural projects. So staying in in your project, like in the Balkans, and yeah, okay. I think that's uh, that's uh, there is a lot of things to do there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for all the insights about projects, your career, and the tips. But unfortunately, this is time for us to say goodbye to you. Okay. And to all the listeners, we hope you enjoyed our first episode and you learned more about placemaking in general. And please don't forget to follow us on the exploration of other topics that continue shaping the leisure and events industry. So we we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you.